Welcome to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast, presented by Zenium HR. I'm your host, Brandon Laws. Whether you're an HR professional or a small business leader, each episode of this podcast is designed to bring you the latest in technical HR and leadership at your convenience. More content is available on our website at www.zeniumhr.com. Let's dive into today's topic. Welcome to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast. This is your host, Brandon Laws. Today I'm with Tyler Mavison. Yes. And what, what does that mean, Tyler? About, we're doing a book club book discussion. Book club discussion. So, uh, yeah, Tyler, if you... If you haven't listened to the last ones of Tyler, we always discuss the books that we're reading for the book club, and usually we do it on the heels of the discussion. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in this case, we had, uh, I think, 12 to 15 people read Grit by Angela Duckworth. Uh, And Grit, the full title is The Power of Passion and Perseverance. And author's Angela Duckworth, very smart, probably PhD and all these other accolades as well. Uh, Very scientific book, but very easy to read. And yeah, we have 12 to 15 people sit around the table and discuss grit and how gritty they are and whatnot. So Tyler, define grit in your own words for me, because I think grit. everybody has sort of the, a different yeah, I mean, definition of this. You know, I always kind of look, think back to that, that uh, John Wayne movie, True Grit. But oh, yeah. um, it's, I, to me, it's, uh, it's, it's commitment and, uh, I mean, you mentioned in kind of the title, perseverance. It's, you know, pushing through. Out, you know, obstacles or challenges. Um, you know, I always kind of like the phrase, you know, when the going gets tough, the tough gets going. So it's kind of just having that mentality to um, be committed to what you, what you, what your goals are, what your passions are, and then pushing through any kind of obstacles you have in your way. So that's grit to me. Yeah. We actually, I posed that same question early on in the book club discussion and we all had different answers, but I think one thing kind of came out of it that I hadn't really thought of. And it relates very much to perseverance, but to be gritty, you've almost had to fallen down at one point mm-hmm. in a way, oh, yeah. like to know that you're gritty or to, to be self-aware that you have the grit factor is that if you've fallen down and you got back up harder yeah. and faster and you wanted it more and that's where the, the passion comes in in the title, but you almost like had to, be at the bottom before you rose up and yeah, I mean, to sort of understand. Yeah, that. I think I mean, you know, everybody who has like you know struggles in their life, it kind of builds that character. You kind of uh, can you you know use that to um, become grittier, you know, develop yourself. And I think that's kind of why it grit. The more grittier a person is, it, you tend to be older, you tend mm-hmm. to be more matured, and uh, you know, been through life, yeah. experienced life, and so you've had that kind of you know, the chance to have those obstacles, those to fall, those fall down moments and uh, to see whether you'd be able to pick yourself up and, and, and go about, you know, what you were trying to accomplish yeah. before. On that note, you just talked about people who are maybe a little older and mm-hmm. in their life and their career or whatnot. They actually, she had a, a page uh, that had a graph. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this? Where yeah, yeah. it actually showed the grit scale by score mm-hmm. by age. Yeah. And the 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 younger folks, I want to say 
18 to 25 and then 26 to 35 and what and it goes from there but this is sort of like this sloping mm -hmm. vertical linear progression yeah progression yeah. up into like you're the grittiest when you're age 55 and older and yeah. is that because you've sort of gone through those challenging life experiences and you had to want it enough that you pushed through it and the experiences sort of helped you develop the yeah. grit? Yeah, it was in an HR kind of atmosphere too. It's usually that, that experience versus, you know, degree or education, you know, that experience versus talent, you know, which one is more important. And I think, I think they're both very, very valid and they're both, both important, but I think experience lends to that more, more character development, more, you know, who am I type of person, you know, not what you know, not what you're capable of doing, but this who am I internally, am I able to overcome certain things, am I able to have that mindset to, you know, tackle goals and tackle problems. Point. So I think that's kind of like, you know, as you get older, you have, you experience more. It's just kind of the science. I want to talk, she, she has this quote that I just, I pulled out of that I loved. She says, our potential is one thing, what we do with it is quite another. I've sort of realized and I've had experiences in my own life. I was uh, an athlete back mm -hmm. in the day and I remember when I was playing baseball, I was, I was pretty good and the coaches told me how great I was. And I remember kind of feeling at the moment like that's great, the potential is great. But I could have gone two ways with that. Mm -hmm. I could have gone like, I'm gonna work harder and faster, and I'm gonna, you know, it's gonna to be tough times, but in my development, I'm gonna just rise and I'm gonna rise up to the top. Or, which I think is happening now, everybody's sort of getting a trophy, everybody's sort of being, you know, getting these accolades when they haven't really gone through it and yeah. deserved it. And I, I'm just kind of curious what you think about that. Yeah, I mean, I think in the book, she brings up a point between, you know, parenting styles and, mm, and kind of, and, right. you know, coaching styles versus, you know, are you supportive, you know, loving, or are you more of a little bit of a more uh, harder um, uh, disciplinarian, you know, just, just saying, hey, you know, get, get better, you know, you're not gonna do it. And I think she brings up the example of uh, uh, Steve Young, I think, when his dad, would tell him that you know you I don't I don't live with quitters you know which kind of struck me as very very uh, polarizing it's like wow but it's it's true because his character was he just he's not a quitter so I think that now the culture nowadays is kind of to really nurture kids to the point where it actually might be detrimental in my opinion at least um, because you know you they need those experience they need that that drive to say hey you know you, you're you're great you're talented but you could be better, you could be better. And I think everybody can be better at something. Everybody can be better at anything. So I think that's kind of, um, you know, my take yeah. on that. She talks about the combination of IQ, yeah. EQ. Talk to me about why just having aptitude isn't necessarily a sign of like going to be great you know, achievement in yeah. other words. Well, it's, it goes back to that, your quote, you know, your potential. I mean, you, you could be the smartest, you know, the smartest person in your class. You can but, also be lazy. But you can also be lazy. You could also not have that drive. You could also take those things for granted and just, you know, be a complete all in your own mind. You know, you're, you're your own universe. You're just one person. If you're smart, I mean, that's, that's, you definitely need intelligence and, and talent to, to get places, but that's not the only factor that, that uh, goes into you know 
accomplishments. You know, you got the drive, the perseverance. Yeah. It's that, it's that grit score. The why, Tyler, do we put so much emphasis on the aptitude and the IQ? I mean, I, even personally, I get wowed by people who are so smart and I have no idea if they have the drive and the passion on, on the other side mm-hmm. of the spectrum, but I'm so wowed and taken aback by people who are just intelligent. I mean, you're one of those people that you have, you know so much about so many different things and I'm a lot of times mm-hmm. wowed by that you have all these facts and you're like a human Google machine sometimes, <laughs> but there's other people in my life that are so good at mathematics or they're so good at science and they just blow my mind, yeah. but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to have success. And I'm just curious what you think on just us putting emphasis on the IQ part of it. Yeah. I mean, I think we're kind of born out of that culture of just intelligence was everything, you know, that's, that's how you got places. You go, you, if you're intelligent, you go to a good school, you get a good, you get a good job and then your life is set from there forth. So, I mean, it's like, it's kind of like, we've kind of been ingrained for so long. That's been part of this, especially in the American culture that this is part of their, their the way their way of life, you know, you yeah. know, it's, it's about being intelligent, you know, studying, being more educated and getting a better job and then moving forward with their family. But I think really it's, it's, uh, it's, it's talent and it's, it's that, that cultural style yeah. of kind of just say, you know, overcoming challenges and obstacles and, and difficulties that come by. It's funny because Angela Duckworth, the author, even said that during her research for this book, and maybe this book hadn't even become what it was going mm-hmm. to become, but she said during this, the research part of it, she was distracted by talent. And I'm putting air quotes up because that, those are the words oh. she used. She was distracted by those that were talented. She said like, okay, it's talent equals success. And that's according to her research and what she says in the book, that's not true at all. Mm-hmm. She actually has this cool formula. I'm going to just mention it out loud. She says that talent times effort equals skill. So, which is funny because we think of sort of like the skill as the first thing and then the talent, like you're either just talented or mm-hmm. you could develop a skill. Yeah. But she's saying the talent plus the effort can equal a new skill, which mm-hmm. is interesting. And then the skill times effort equals achievement. So isn't that kind of funny like how that progression goes? It's like, okay, you could have the talent. Yeah. Right? But without the effort, you're not going to develop the skill for something in particular. And then if you don't have the skill, yeah. And you and then you put it, you know, don't put in the effort, then you're not going to have achievement. That's what her mm-hmm. formula basically and I, says. I, and I think there are outliers too, but I mean, you, you, it really goes into, you know, the competitive atmosphere with athletics. Hmm. You, you I always kind of think, you know, draws my attention back to that you know you got these athletes who are a lot of them are naturally talented you know they're naturally capable of of doing certain things but the great ones the 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 ones that excel at a higher level they put the effort in there and they develop that they refine that that's a really cool point is that i think when you develop that skill you're always going to be a different level so like say i'm talented in one particular area and I put in a Mm -hmm. lot of effort, then I'm going to be greatly skilled versus somebody who maybe isn't as talented, puts a lot of this, maybe the equal amount of effort and they're still going to have some skill. Yeah. But on the other side of the component, if they put in additional effort with that skill, could that equal achievement? Like, I think it's just going to be at different levels. Yeah. I think it, I think it varies. I think it varies. But with the Steve Young example, you know, he was eighth string, quarterback those are all talented quarterbacks all talented quarterbacks on the team but through effort and through you know 
perseverance and just extreme, you know, trying and overcoming, you know, those those obstacles, he was able to achieve great success later in life. It made him one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. How do you think an individual like ourselves, we can determine how gritty we are according to Angela Duckworth's definition? I mean, determine like on a scale, like, you know, we could do that, the, the scale test. Um, she has it in the book. She has that in yeah. the book as well. How can, gritty were you? I was, I was pretty, I was pretty, actually surprisingly pretty low, but I, she, what she did mention though. Uh, just which, poking fun at you. No, know, no, what I, but I do agree with that. I think it's, but she said, she mentions too in the book that, uh, um, that oftentimes how we see ourselves in that moment affects the grit score. Absolutely. So, I mean, obviously if you take it during a time when you have a lot going on and there's your kind of perception of yourself right now is not as high as it could be, then your grit score might be low. So I start, I scored low on that, but I'm curious, I'm definitely going to take the test um, again, you know, later on, you know, when I'm have, uh, when I feel in a different mindset. These assessments are always a little challenging. I mean, it's a 10 question assessment and yeah. it's like, we always tend to have yeah. higher perception of ourselves in certain areas. Yeah. It's, yeah, that, that's, that's a good point too. It's, it's, it's hard. Or we're hard on ourselves. Yeah. So in your case, yeah. you might've been going through oh, something. Yeah. I was trying to look like, at ah. it a little bit, yeah, <laughs> trying to look at it a little bit more, uh, uh, on the surface, but it's like you mentioned too, you know, with the 10 question. Uh, assessment. It's not, I mean, I don't know how much you're going to get no. out of that. Um, it's, a, it's a cool snapshot. It's a cool snapshot. It's a cool little thing to, to you know, pass around and, and have, you know, coworkers or, you know, family members or whatnot try to rate themselves. Yeah. But I think there's a lot more that goes into it. Um, but it's, it's a lot, I mean, for me, you know, that your grit score is this your passions and your, and what you enjoy doing. And then how, how committed are you to staying true to those passions and how, and if something comes that, that can kind of throw you off, Kilter, if, if, if you're able to write yourself and get back on track. I mean, how, how quickly are you able to do that or if you're, able, if you're able to do that at all? So I think it's more like you mentioned passion, perseverance in the, in the, in the book. It's kind of, yeah, it's a, it's a combination of those and just how, um, how committed you are to continue on to what you enjoy doing. That's kind of your grit. Angela Duckworth spends some time with Pete Carroll and among other mm-hmm. people uh, in, in her research. And Pete came up with an example for how he sets goals and how I think his, he's teaching his players at the Seattle Seahawks, how they're teaching goals. And I thought it was pretty profound. I, I wanted to share this with you and just kind of have a quick discussion on it. He was talking about having top level goal, like you'd have one sort of goal that's, that's the one you're reaching for. And then you'd have these middle level goals, uh, what do you call mid-level goals that would feed up to that. So if you accomplish these goals and you achieve those, you're going to be one step closer to mm-hmm. achieving your top goal. And then you have the low level goals. There's all these little maybe tactical goals that you got to do to get to those mid-level goals, which is part of your top level goal. So yeah. I thought it was kind of a cool building block of yeah. goals. I mean, it's cumbersome, obviously. But yeah. what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think in order to really develop grit, you really have to have those those stretch goals, those those goals that are going to challenge you. Otherwise, I mean, and to Steve Carroll, uh, Steve Carroll's point, you know, he wants Pete. he puts uh, uh, Pete Carroll, sorry, okay. uh, he put uh, he wants to put you uh, uh, small small goals at first, so you can kind of work your way up, um, which is which is good. So I think to get to that stretch goal, so I think as long as you have that stretch goal at the end, you know that that long goal that long uh, the, you know long-term goal that ops that challenging goal that's gonna that's gonna challenge you both you know mentally and you know and physically sometimes i think that's the key but i think his way of managing that to get to that long-term goal is good so i think you can kind of stagger it 
I want your opinion on something. In terms of what you know about grit, the way she describes it in this book, do you think grit is just something you're sort of born with, or do you think it can be developed over time? I mean, this very philosophical sort of opinionated sort of thing, but what do you think? You know, I, I like to think that grit can be developed. I like to think that you're not just from from being born, you're just or automatically held into this one standard of you're a low grit person. That, that's how the way you're going to be for the rest of your life. I like to think that you have, you know, chances to improve, and and it's just all about your mindset and how you uh, you view, you know, challenges in your life. If you if you constantly view challenges as a, as a cumbersome thing and that you're never going to get over, then yeah, your grit's probably not going to change. You're going to be that way. But if you if you can have that sense of I can I can do this I can I can overcome these things, then I think your grit you have you have the better chance of developing your grit and increasing. But I don't really don't think that you're born a certain grit number. At first I thought that yeah. honestly, and then as I sort of read through this and I've read you know I read Mindset mm-hmm. by Carol Dweck and a couple other books that has sort of reinforced the idea that internally if you have sort of an awareness a barometer of where you're at at any given moment then I think you can you can make adjustments in your life to then become you know more gritty or mm-hmm. have the mindset to grow or mm-hmm. whatever it is. So I tend to be on your side of the spectrum now after kind of reading all those things. I think you could develop it. Mm-hmm. You just have to have an awareness and a passion for yeah. it. Yeah, I agree. Talk to me about how you can grow grit how you can grow from like an internal point of view. Yeah, well, I mean, it's practicing, it's practicing those, those things that you, that you, that yeah. you need to do, those, those skill sets, those, uh, and uh, just continue on with the interests and, and uh, you know, passions that you enjoy. I think that's a good, the good point. And it's funny because we always come back to that and it's a subtitle of this book is the, pa- the passion mm-hmm. and perseverance. But the passion part to me would make you like if you're going to say like, oh, you're grit, you're gritty um, at something or not. It would probably be determined on how passionate you are mm-hmm. about whatever it is. I mean, yeah. and you may be really passionate about X yeah. and about Y. You're not so passionate, so maybe you're not seen as as gritty. Yeah. No, I yeah, I, you know, I agree. I think that when I look at it, it's. And I think she mentions too in the book is that you kind of have to pick and choose and kind of you know go forth with the interests and passions you have and kind of eliminate those those other other things that you that you don't really necessarily enjoy but are, that can be just hindering you from pursuing your passions. Um, it's it's difficult in the, the in a you know like a in like a, as a business perspective it's a little bit difficult because you may not be interested in everything that you have, your your job responsibilities are. But I think if you can focus in. On certain passions, I think, and continue on those, work towards those, and and kind of nurture those. I think you can develop your grit, at least intrinsically. Talk about growing grit from the outside, and what I mean by this, um, she has a I think a whole section on outside um, grit development. Parenting. Yes. You're a parent. Yeah. I'm a parent. Yeah. To me, this chapter was really important, or the I like, this, I, maybe part of the book. Yeah, I think I like it wasn't chapter. just a chapter, but. Talk to me about parenting and what sort of style adjustments you would make based on what you've read in this book. Yeah, you know, I think it's it's really taking a a keen interest in in your your child's interests and 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 
passions in life and 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 then supporting that in a way that they can they can grow them on their own but that you you're there to support them and to help nurture that um, as much as possible and but not be to the point where you're saying you know everything is is going well you're just the, you're just the greatest at this you know you're the greatest person yeah. at your whatever interest you have but having some criticism and some just and saying hey but you can grip you can get better you can grow you can develop this um, I, I think it's so it's nurturing to a point um, but it's you know making sure you that you you know you're loving in that that atmosphere that you're really continue on and and treating their passions like your own yeah um, kind of kind of adapting those passions one of the things that stuck out to me in this this section of the book was about getting children or, or even yourself for that matter to get participation in things that would cultivate grit mm-hmm. an example of sports yes band uh, you know music anything that's going to basically you're gonna have to habitually practice perfect your craft and then a lot of times because there's some sort of outcome or purpose attached to these things we have this unrelenting need to push through in bad times and in good times because we're all about that end goal do you agree with that yeah i mean i think i think pursuing extracurriculars um in schooling um is is paramount i mean i I think that's kind of like which it's sad to see in, in today's culture that you know when they're cutting funding the first funding to get cut is usually extracurricular activities, which also help ha- enhance, you know, your students, um, your students' life. I mean, it's not just book smarts. It's not just understanding, you know, the history of the United States or the, the science of certain <laughs> so-and-so. It's actually having those experiences, those social experiences, those, those experiences where they're developing you at, at a more, um, you know, passionate, intrinsic level. You know, like the arts, you know, band, orchestra, you know, playing sports, but a variety of sports, not just the football ones that, that seem to get get all the attention. It's, you know, the other sports, you know, soccer, you know, hockey, whatever, what have you. So, I mean, I think extra, extracurriculars are key to kind of promoting that more of a well-rounded um, individual. So for you, lessons learned of this book, anything stuck out to you? You know, I think it's just, it's kind of just being, for me, it's just more bringing awareness to my mentality of when I'm when I am, uh, uh, you know, beset by a, a problem or an obstacle, how I handle that, especially when I'm doing things that I enjoy doing, um, you know, how do I how do I develop my, my that grittier type of a lifestyle? How I how do I start persevering through some challenges more? It kind of it helped me bring more awareness to it. So I think that's kind of what I took away took away from the book. I agree, and for those listening. How I read this book, I, I read it when it first came out, I think in May or June. But right, ironically, right before that, I had read Carol Dweck's my, book, Mindset. Mindset. Mm-hmm. And it would, and she, Angela Duckworth and Grit, she talks about that book all the time. So I think that, that the Mindset book inspired her possibly to write this. And I think they, tail, they, they just yeah. go nicely together. Mm-hmm. So that's how I sort of read Grit. I already had that, that background of that, of Mindset. And then I read Grit, and it just was a perfect marriage of two books. Yeah. And so I, I, I really liked Grit a lot. Uh, it, I felt like it was a nice part two to Mindset. And um, I really I really recommend it to, to people. I think oh, yeah, they, they get a lot from it. Rating-wise, w- would you give it out of five? 
You know, I'd I'll probably go with like a like a three point five. Yeah, that's fair. I think a three point five. I think that there's some things that I, I that I kind of already understood about myself that it's it's not really you know, there's no no aha moment, yeah. you know, really. But it really did kind of bring it one thing I do enjoy is I do love science and I do love statistics and I do love all that research and, and Angela Duckworth puts a a lot in this book. So I mean it's there's a lot of stuff that comes into making, you know, this grit and her, her, you know, research on it. So I, I did like that. So it's kind of new, new take. So that's why I, I'd probably give it a 3.5, maybe, maybe a four. Yeah. I, I actually right with you on that. Yeah. I didn't think any, I wouldn't give it a five because I didn't think it was mind blowing. Mm-hmm. And I watched her Ted talk ahead of time before reading. I felt like I got basically the gist of it in sure. Ted talk. This definitely has supporting material and yeah. a lot of cool data and charts and graphs yeah. that support that mm-hmm. and kind of opens your mind up to a lot of different things. Um, but for the reason that I feel like you could probably condense this into like yeah. a smaller book, that's why I'd probably give it just a lesser score of like a five or a four instead mm-hmm. of a five. But overall, awesome book. Loved yep. it and I highly yep. recommend it to Definitely. those listening. Well, awesome, Tyler. Appreciate you coming on the podcast. Yeah, man, of course. Um, for those listening, we would love to connect with you on LinkedIn. Uh, we're getting a lot of great feedback from people and reaching out to us. So definitely keep doing that. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, search for me. I'm Brandon Laws. And Tyler Mavison is on LinkedIn, and we'll actually put links to our profiles in the, the show notes. If you're listening on iTunes, you can find them pretty easily, or from our blog, we'll put them on there as well. I'm on Twitter as well, so interact with us and just let us know what you want to listen to. Feel free to give us feedback. We're, we're open to anything because we want to make this better for you. Mm-hmm. So we appreciate you, the listener, and uh, until next time, yes. we'll, we'll talk again. Sounds good. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks for listening to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our blog at www.zeniumhr.com forward slash blog and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to hear about the latest in HR and leadership. The information on today's episode is for educational purposes only and should not be taken as legal or customized advice for you or your organization. This podcast is hosted and fully produced by Brandon Laws, that's me, and created and owned by Zenium Resources, Inc. For more information or to contact us, visit www.zeniumhr.com 